जय राधा माधव कुंज बिहारी जय राधा माधव कुंज बिहारी जय गोपी जनावल्लभ गिरीवरधारी जय गोपी जनावल्लभ गिरीवरधारी जय यशोदनंदन व्रजजन रंजना 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 यमुना तीरावनचारी यमुना तीरावनचारी जय राधा माधव कुंज बिहारी जय जय राधा माधव कुंज बिहारी जय जय गोपी जनावल्लभ गिरीवरधारी जय गोपी जनावल्लभ गिरीवरधारी यशोदनंदन व्रजजन रंजना यशोदनंदन व्रजजन रंजना
ಯಶೋದಾನಂದನ ಬ್ರಜ ಜನರಂಜನ ಯಶೋದಾನಂದನ ಬ್ರಜ ಜನರಂಜನ ಯಶೋದಾನಂದನ ಬ್ರಜ ಜನರಂಜನ ಯಮುನತೀರವನಚಾರಿ ಯಮುನತೀರವನಚಾರಿ ಜಯ ರಾಧವ ಕುಂಜ ಬಿಹಾರಿ ಜಯ ರಾಧವ ಕುಂಜ ಬಿಹಾರಿ ಜಯ ಓಂ ವಿಷ್ಣುಪಾದ ಪರಮಹಂಸ ಪರಿವ್ರಾಜಕಾಚಾರ್ಯ ಅಷ್ಟೋತ್ತರ ಸತಶ್ರೀ ಶ್ರೀಮದ್ ಜಿವಾಯನ್ ಗ್ರೇಸಿ ಭಕ್ತಿ ವೇದಾಂತ ಸ್ವಾಮಿಶಲ ಪ್ರೌಪಾದ್ ಕಿ ಜಯ ಓಂ ವಿಷ್ಣುಪಾದ ಪರಮಹಂಸ ಪರಿವ್ರಾಜಕಾಚಾರ್ಯ ಅಷ್ಟೋತ್ತರ ಸತಶ್ರೀ ಶ್ರೀಮದ್ ಭಕ್ತಿ ಸಿದ್ಧಾಂತ ಸರಸ್ವತಿ ಠಾಕೂರ್ ಗೋಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಪ್ರೌಪಾದ್ ಕಿ ಅನಂತಕೋಟಿ ವೈಷ್ಣವ ವೃಂದ್ ಕಿ ಗ್ರಂಥ ಶ್ರೀಮದ್ ಭಾಗವತಂ ಕಿ ಆಲ್ ಗ್ಲೋರೀಸ್ ದಿ ಅಸೆಂಬಲ್ ಡಿವೋಟೀಸ್ ಆಲ್ ಗ್ಲೋರೀಸ್ ದಿ ಅಸೆಂಬಲ್ ಡಿವೋಟೀಸ್ ಆಲ್ ಗ್ಲೋರೀಸ್ ದಿ ಅಸೆಂಬಲ್ ಡಿವೋಟೀಸ್ all glories all glories all glories to shri shri guru and shri gauranga all glories to shri prabhupad so we reading from shrimad bhagavatam canto 1 chapter 5 titled narada's instructions instructions on shrimad bhagavatam and we are on text 35 please repeat om namo bhagavate vasudevaya om namo bhagavate vasudevaya om namo bhagavate vasudevaya ಯತ್ರ ಕ್ರಿಯತೆ ಕರ್ಮ ಭಗವತ್ಪರಿತೋಷಣೀನ ಹಿ ಭಕ್ತಿಯೋಗಸಮನ್ವಿತ್ರಿಯ ಕರ್ಮ ಭಗವತ್ಪರಿತೋಷಣೀನ ಹಿ ಭಕ್ತಿಯೋಗಸಮನ್ವಿತ್ರಿಯತೆ ಕರ್ಮ ಭಗವತ್ಪರಿತೋಷಣ ಜ್ಞಾನ ಭಕ್ತಿಯೋಗಸಮನ್ವಿತ್ರ 
यदत्र क्रियते कर्म ध्यानम यदीनम हि भक्ति योग यदत्र क्रियते कर्म भगवत्तोषणम ध्यानम यदीनम हि भक्तिशन यट एवर अत्र इन दिस लाइफ और वर्ल्ड और वर्ल्ड क्रियते डस परफॉर्म कर्मा वर्क भगवत अंटू द पर्सनैलिटी ऑफ गॉड हेड परिषणम सैटिस्फैक्शन ऑफ ज्ञानम नॉलेज यट इज सो कॉल्ड अदीनम डिपेंडेंट ही सर्टनली भक्ति योग devotional samanvitam dovetailed with bhakti yoga translation and purport by his divine grace ac bhakti vedanta swamishila prabhupad ki jai translation whatever work is done here in this life for the satisfaction of the mission of the lord is called bhakti yoga or transcendental loving service to the lord and what is called knowledge becomes a concomitant factor please repeat whatever work is done here in this life for the satisfaction of the mission of the lord is called bhakti yoga or transcendental loving service to the lord and what is called knowledge becomes a concomitant factor purport the general and popular notion is that by discharging fruitive work in terms of the direction of the scriptures one becomes perfectly able to acquire transcendental knowledge for spiritual realization bhakti yoga is considered by some to be another form of karma but factually bhakti yoga is above both karma and jnana bhakti yoga is independent of jnana or karma on the other hand jnana and karma are dependent on bhakti yoga this kriya yoga or karma yoga as recommended by shri narada to vyasa is specifically recommended because the principle is to satisfy the lord the lord does not want his sons the living beings to suffer the threefold miseries of life he desires that all of them come to him and live with him but going back to godhead means that one must purify himself from material infections 
when work is performed therefore to satisfy the lord the performer becomes gradually purified from the material affection this purification means attainment of spiritual knowledge therefore knowledge is dependent on karma or work done on behalf of the lord other knowledge being devoid of bhakti yoga or satisfaction of the lord cannot lead one back to the kingdom of god which means that it cannot even offer salvation as already explained in connection with the stanza naishkarmyam apyachuta bhava varjitam the conclusion is that a devotee engaged in the unalloyed service of the lord specifically in hearing and chanting of his transcendental glories becomes simultaneously spiritually enlightened by the divine grace as confirmed in the bhagavad gita ओम अज्ञानतिरांदशलाकया चक्षुन्मीलिजुरवे नम श्रीचैतन्यमनोभीष्ट स्थापित भूतले स्वयं कदाह्यम ददाती स्वदाक वंदेहम श्रीगुरो श्रीयुत पदकमल श्रीगुरोन्वैष्णवाग्रजात सहगण रघुनाता सजीव साइत सवदूत पिजन सहित कृष्ण चैतन्यदेवराधाकृष्णपादगणलिता श्री विशाका हे कृष्ण करुणा सिंधो दीनबंधो जगत्पते गोपेशा गोपिका कांत राधा कांत नमोस्तुते तप्त कांचन गौरंगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी वृषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमा हरी प्रिये वाचाकूभ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्य पतिता पावनेभ्यो वैष्णवेभ्यो नमो नमः जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु निनंद श्री अद्वैत गदाधर श्रीवासादिगौरभक्तवृंद हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे हरे नमोम विष्णुपादाय कृष्ण प्रेष्टाय भूतले श्रीमथे भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी नामिने नमस्ते सारस्वते देवे गौरवाणी प्रचारिने निर्विशेष शून्यवादी पाश्चात्यादेशतारिणे वॉट एवर वर्क इज डन हियर इन दिस लाइफ फॉर द सैटिस्फैक्शन ऑफ द मिशन ऑफ द लॉर्ड इज कॉल्ड द भक्ति योग और ट्रांसेंडेंटल लविंग सर्विस टू द लॉर्ड एंड वॉट इज कॉल्ड नॉलेज बिकम्स अ कनकॉमिटेंट फैक्टर सो Prabhupada starts off by saying that the general popular notion is that by discharging fruit to work in terms of direction of the scriptures one becomes perfectly able to acquire knowledge of for spiritual realization so the general world view is that you do your karma properly and then as long as you do your karma according to the rules and regulations you then acquire knowledge uh that is required for uh, spiritual realization 
and uh, this chapter starts off uh, because uh, Shri Vyasadeva is not satisfied even after compiling all the Vedas, uh, the Mahabharata and all the Upanishads and everything that he could possibly compile uh, for the benefit of humanity. Uh, he was still not satisfied. And then his guru, Narada Muni, is coming and telling, telling him the reason for his uh, dissatisfaction. And Prabhupada is quoting this uh, verse that Narada Muni says, Naishkarmyam apyachuta bhava varjitam. This is the twelfth verse in the same chapter. Uh, Narada Muni says, Knowledge of self-realization, even though free from all material affinity, does not look well if devoid of a conception of the infallible God. What then is the use of fruitive activities, which are naturally painful from the very beginning and transient by nature, if they are not utilized for the devotional service of the Lord? So, all of us living entities in this uh, material world, uh, want to enjoy. Uh, that is the very reason why we are here. We want to be the masters. We want to be the enjoyers. Uh, and and the Vedas, 96% of it uh, is telling how we can uh, uh, attain this fruit, uh, whatever we desire, sense gratificatory activities. You do this, you get that. You do this, you get that. And probably 4% of the Vedas, they say, uh, talks about knowledge or jnana. So, uh, Nardamuni is saying that uh, these fruit, even knowledge, uh, self-realization, jnana, doesn't have any value if it doesn't uh, include the infallible or, or God or Krishna. So, what use is fruit of activity? It's, it's even lower. It's only going to bind us in this material world. It's only going to make us miserable. So, what use is this fruit of activity uh, if it does not... Uh, if it is not done for the Lord. So he's already told the reason for the dissatisfaction of Srila Vyasadeva that everything that he has compiled, he has basically uh, added to our already uh, deeply established notion of uh, sense gratification for ourselves. Uh, this is already there. So <clears throat> this verse uh, is talking about the glory of bhakti. And Prabhupada starts off by saying that in general, people have this notion that you have to do your karma. That's that's the starting point. Once you do your karma, you get the knowledge for self-realization. And then uh, that's the end of it. And most people have this misconception that bhakti is also karma. It is it is a sentimental activity that we are doing. Um, and it has it is not higher than any other principles or the, or the forms of yoga. Uh, so that's why Krishna goes through this yoga ladder So uh, in the Bhagavad Gita. He starts off by saying, do your duty, do your karma. And that is where Vyasadeva wants to bring most people to at least uh, through his through his Vedas. That in, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, in, in his instructions, in Mahaprabhu's instructions to Rupa Goswami, he talks about how there are 8,400,000 varieties of species in this, in this uh, Brahmanda, in this universe. And among which human form is around 400,000. And among these human beings, the species, uh, most people do not even follow the regulated activities. He, he, they do what he calls as vikarma. Vikarma are activities that we do that are not prescribed in the Vedas. 
the, the activities that are very sinful in nature. Uh, among all these human beings, very few people uh, follow the, acti- uh, the, the prescription that is prescribed in the Vedas. Uh, they work within the f- framework of the Vedas. They, they do things that are prescribed in the Vedas. So this is at least the starting point. This is Karma Kanda, where I have desires, lots and lots of material desires. But in order to satisfy those material desires, uh, I will at least regulate myself. Um, the activities that I do will not be sinful, uh, but at least will be within the framework of uh, of the of the Vedas. It is dharmic at least. So in this way, as we keep doing things for our material satisfaction, uh, at one point uh, we come to the realization that all these activities that I've, that I have been doing for my own satisfaction, uh, thinking uh, this will give me happiness, is only binding me uh, in this material world. Because every single activity that we do for ourselves is incurring karma. And because of this karma, we are bound to this world and we go through the cycle of birth, death, disease and old age. This cycle is happening eternally. That's why we are here. Uh, so, among these people uh, who who have been doing uh, fruitive activities within the framework of the Vedas, come to a point where, okay, I will do my duty, but I will not expect the result of my duty. So, this is... so the. The category of people uh, or the uh, the um, category in which we do the activity within the framework of the Vedas for our own fruitive, uh, for our own material desires is called Sakama Karma Yoga. So Sakama is, I have material desires, I want to fulfill my material desires, but I will do it according to what is prescribed in the Vedas. I wouldn't do sinful activities to pre- uh, to satisfy my material desires. And from here, there comes a point where we realize that this is binding and I, I, I want to do my duty, that, uh, but I, I don't want the fruits of the, uh, fruits of the action. So, at this point, uh, very few people from the karma, sakama karma come to the point of nishkama karma, where I will do my duty, but I don't want really the fruits of my uh, actions. Uh, <clears throat> It is much better than doing it for our own material desires, but there is a but there is a problem with this. Uh, it, it, can anybody tell what the problem with this is? That I will do my duty, but I don't want the fruits of my reaction. What? Why is this not at a, a better position? In practical, how? Sorry, I'll repeat. Kalavisha Sridhar would be the example of impracticality because he dedicated everything to the service of the Ganges, yet at the same time, yeah. he also had kept a very tiny amount just so he could have a, a liter of milk. Yes. So he, he was practical. Yeah. He kept his body and soul together yeah. so that he could serve the Lord. Yeah, so, so, so Nishkama Karma essentially means that 
it doesn't mean i'm going to do the i will still do the activity i'll do everything that that is required to keep my body and soul together but it's just that it is not for my own material desires i will do it for the sake of duty that is essentially what it what it means like you said it is impractical in a sense that beyond a certain point there is no motivation to do it uh, at the least it becomes very ritualistic in nature and at the extreme it could become really dangerous uh, doing things without knowing why you're doing what you're doing right um, and and we've all seen this people would do this arctic and they show the incense in front you ask them why are you doing this we'll say my my mother did it my parents did it my grandfather did it they have no knowledge why they do it so it be, it starts becoming ritualistic in nature uh, they're doing it for the sake of duty uh, they, my father has done it my mother has done it i'm going to do it but it it become ritualistic in nature and i think bhakti siddhant saras chakur gives this uh, story where there is uh, a yagna or, or or some kind of sacrifice that's happening and then uh, this lady in the house suddenly comes and says that oh we don't have a cat here we need to we need to get a cat and a basket uh, and then they finally bring the cat and then uh, cover the cat with the basket and then after all the uh, sacrifice and uh, the rituals are done uh, the the mother of the house uh, the lady comes and asks why did you want the cat uh and then she told the mother that uh, when i was young uh, we had a similar sacrifice at home and then i saw you do this i saw that there was a cat in our house and then you put a basket on top of the cat so that's why I, we didn't have this cat so i wanted to bring the cat and put the basket on top of it so the mother then finally went on to tell the tell the daughter that no uh, cats are usually considered inauspicious during a sacrifice so we we happened to have a cat during the sacrifice and i didn't want the sacrifice to be spoiled so i had a basket at that time and i covered the cat so that the sacrifice would not stop so so without knowledge uh, it becomes very ritualistic in nature and to the extreme propas tell, tells this very wonderful story where uh, there is an apprentice to a veterinary doctor so this doctor is very famous so everybody calls him to uh take care of the animals so one one time there was this uh very strange case where uh, the the throat of a horse had swollen uh, it 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 had become really big so this apprentice went with the doctor to see what was happening and then the doctor touched and felt the throat and then finally asked for a hammer from the from the owner of the horse and then he he looked at the proper place and then tack whack the throat of the horse with the hammer and then told the owner of the horse that it's going to be okay it takes a take a couple of days but the horse is going to be okay and finally this apprentice thought oh this is what it is uh, i've learned everything that i i need to learn uh, and now i'm going to uh, go on my own and do it myself so the apprentice told the doctor that i think it's time for me to go and practice on my own so whenever somebody called this apprentice uh, to look after the animals uh, he would go and ask for a hammer from the owner and whack the animals and it would create lots and lots of pain for the animals and in most cases it would the animals would die and then the doctor uh, who he was the apprentice to came to know about this and people started telling him this this is his student why is he doing this he is coming and whacking all the animals with the hammers and they are in extreme pain and and they die and this doctor gets really worried and then he calls the calls the apprentice and asks hey what are you doing 
And then the apprentice said, I'm doing exactly what you're doing. Uh, that day I saw you, you whacked the throat of the horse with a hammer, and then that solved the problem. It cured the horse. And then the doctor said that that was a very unique case. That that was a once-in-a-lifetime case. The horse had swallowed a small melon, watermelon. So I had to whack to break the melon so that it, it could digest the melon. But it cannot be applied everywhere. So this is a problem. When we do our duty, it might be done with all good intentions. But if we don't have the knowledge for why we're doing it, it can result in grave danger. Right? So, so that's why karma, karma yoga is good. But then better than karma yoga, Krishna says, is jnana. Where you're doing your duty, but you're doing it with knowledge. So among all these people who are doing this nishkama karma, where I will do my duty, but I will do it uh, not for my material sense gratification, they come to the point of jnana. Jnana is a very elevated platform where we know who we actually are. We know we come to the point where we know that we are not this body, we are the spirit soul, and we see things for what they are in this material world. Uh, at this point, we we are very very detached from this material world. Nothing in this material world starts affecting affecting us in the platform of jnana. Uh, and these are really good aspects of jnana that we know who we are. We are really detached. We know what the problem is. We know that this material activity that that I am doing for my own satisfaction is bringing me only great trouble and misery, and it is very binding. So this is the very nice aspect of jnana. But but what do you think is the problem of jnana? Can you can you take the mic, Martin? Yeah. Having jnana without bhakti yeah. is useless knowledge. Yes. yes, it is useless knowledge. That is essentially what. Uh, Narada Muni is saying in this previous, uh, in, the, in, the, in the 12th verse of the chapter and again saying in the same verse that knowledge of self-realization without the knowledge of God or infallible Krishna is, is useless. Why? Because with knowledge comes pride and arrogance. It is a pride and arrogance. It's, it's very natural for people who are very knowledgeable uh, to have this pride to have this arrogance uh, uh, among them. I think at one point, the, the disciples of Prabhupada had gone and spoken with a big professor and then they came back and told Prabhupada that Prabhupada, this prof- professor, is, has so much pride and he was very arrogant when, when speaking with us. And Prabhupada was saying that, oh, it is natural, it is a matter of fact. He was saying it as a matter of fact because he knows something at least to be arrogant. So he has this knowledge People think that, oh, I have this knowledge. And as a result of that, uh, they get arrogance. That's a big pitfall of jnana, without bhakti, like like Mataji was saying. So among these jnanis, right, so uh, Krishna says that manushyanam sahasreshu kaschid yatati siddhaya yatatamapi siddhanam kaschid maam veti tattvataha. Among thousands and thousands of men, Manushyanam sahasreshu siddhanam. Whoever knows the truth, kashchinmam veti tattvataha. It is very, very difficult to know this person who, who actually knows the truth among thousands and thousands of men. So, 
when you have this knowledge you know that you know what to do okay i know that this world is not a good place to be so you start detaching yourself from this world that that's when <clears throat> krishna says in the bhagavad gita that these yogis are like the tortoise where they can detach themselves it's like how the tortoise can bring its limbs within its shell it doesn't have to really engage with the material world these yogis uh, start detaching themselves from this material world and they start meditating on that's dhyana yoga right krishna finally goes in the sixth chapter and he he says how to how you have to do meditation so you have to go to the forest uh, sit on a kusha grass on a platform that's not too low that is not too high uh, focus your eyes on the tip of your nose and he he gives these various uh, ways in which you have to do this meditation and which is very popular now uh, hatha yoga is very popular now but basically the notion of hatha yoga now has become just asana or just some physical stretching exercise but th- but there is lot more to this ashtanga yoga system where it has eight limbs it starts with yama and niyama and where there are do's and don'ts so that you can you can train your mind and body so that you can start meditating uh, on the supreme and arjuna after krishna says all these recommendations on how to do this ashtanga yoga comes back and says krishna all this is fine but this looks really really difficult to do and this is for a person like arjuna uh, who we know is the greatest warrior we have the world one of the greatest warriors the world has ever seen and he, the focus that arjuna had was tremendous uh, we all know the story where uh, dronacharya at one time was calling all his disciples uh, for to shoot shoot this parrot shoot this bird and then he was calling every one of his disciples and asking him asking them what they were seeing and uh, uh, everybody were saying saying i see this bird along with it i see the trees i see the branches i see the leaves and dronacharya was stopping every one of them before they sh- shot the arrow and saying that's fine you can go now and finally arjuna comes and dronacharya asks arjuna arjuna what do you see and then he he says that i see the eye of the bird that's how focused arjuna was he he was a really focused person and in spite of all this arjuna is telling krishna that krishna this looks really difficult to me yeah? what, what do i do and then finally what does krishna say krishna does krishna say oh yeah yeah it's fine it's really difficult no krishna pushes back and says that you have to do abhyasa uh, you have to by practice and determination you can do this arjuna doesn't stop at that point he comes back and says krishna what if i fail which is basically the same question right it's it looks very difficult i'm going to try to endeavor to do this what what happens if i fail and then krishna then soft, softens a little bit and then says don't worry uh, this process of yoga has no loss um, and then if if you are a- not able to complete this yoga system depending on where you are you will be given a proper circumstance to continue this yoga system so that is dhyana yoga and finally among these dhyanis bahunam janmanamante gyanavan mam prapadyate vasudevam sarvamiti sa mahatma sudurlabah krishna says bahunam janmanamante these dhyanis after many 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 births gyanavan mam prapadyate prapadyate vasudevam sarvamiti for them to surrender to vasudeva and say that vasudeva vasudevam sarvamiti 
everything is Vasudeva or Krishna and surrender it to him. Sa Mahatma Su Durlabaha. Durlabaha is very difficult. Su, uh, difficult. And Su Durlabaha is very, very difficult. For a jnani <clears throat> who knows everything about this material world, even for them to surrender to Krishna is very, 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 very difficult. So that is this yoga process that Krishna is describing. And finally, what is Krishna's message to Arjuna? Go through this yoga ladder step by step by step and then finally you will come to me. Is that what Krishna is saying? No. What Krishna is saying, Sarva dharman paridyacha maamekam sharanam vraja aham tvam sarva papebhyo mokshaishyami masucha. Right? Arjuna, I have told you all this dharma, right? Karma, jnana, dhyana, all these various kinds of uh, dharma or practices of religion he says, Parityaja, leave everything. Sarva dharman paridyaja, maam ekam sharanam vraja. Come and surrender unto me. Aham tvam sarva papebhyo moksha ishyami masucha. I will take care of all your sins. Uh, do not worry. That is essentially what Krishna's message is. Because in order for us to even succeed in karma, jnana, dhyana, we need some bhakti involved in it. Without a little bit of bhakti involved in any activity that we do, it can never become successful. And bhakti is all-encompassing. So, bhakti, Prabhupada translates it as devotional service. Most people translate translate it as devotion or worship. Uh, In in the sixth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, when Krishna ends this uh, dhyana yoga, he talks about... uh, the yogi that he likes. Yoginam api sarvesham madgate nantaratmanaha shraddhavan bhajate yomam same yukta tamo mataha. Krishna in the previous verse is saying, before this verse, that be a yogi, Arjuna. Uh, but among these yogis, a yogi is better than an ascetic, a dhyana yogi. And this dhyana yogi is better than a jnana yogi. This jnana yogi is better than a karma yogi, a fruitive worker. But Irrespective of what you are doing, Arjuna, be a yogi. And he, he says the same message, message in the 15th chapter also, that in, in, he, he gives various options for us. He says the best is bhakti. If you cannot perform bhakti, do karma, but do it for me. And he gives various uh, gradations of how we can do activities for Krishna. But Krishna, let me complete this and I am going to come to you. But Krishna says in uh, by the end of the 6th chapter that, Yoginam api sarvesham. Among all these yogis, madgate nantaratmanaha, shraddhavan bhajate yomam, same yukta tamomataha. Yukta tamomata. The yogi who is very dear to me is the one who is always thinking of me and who is always serving me. Uh, he is talking about the bhakti yogi. He, Krishna is saying this bhakti yogi is very, 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 very dear to me. That is Krishna's uh, opinion. Yes, Mataji, you wanted to say something? Yes, I am. Yes, I am going to leave. Yes. 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 So, so Krishna is talking about bhakti and Bhagavad Gita ends with bhakti and Srimad Bhagavatam is practically an exposition of how bhakti is performed. We see all these devotees uh, with with the performances of bhakti towards Krishna. And uh, we are so fortunate because we have access to this bhakti. And 
we have access to not just bhakti we have access to the most munificent person who is distributing this bhakti who is sri chaitanya mahaprabhu and this bhakti of sri chaitanya mahaprabhu is coming to us through the most merciful person shila prabhupad right the, it, it cannot be we this situation that we are in is so incredible we are 500 years within uh, when mahaprabhu was personally present here we are 50 years almost within uh, within prabhupad's physical presence in this world and everything is still accessible to us prabhupad says that i will never die i will always be in my books um, and when we reading shrimad bhagavatam we have this access uh, to shila prabhupad and and this pure devotional service this bhakti vedantas to whom from whom narad muni got this bhakti uh, and we know that prabhupad was also given this title of bhakti vedanta and in those in that section where narad muni is describing about bhakti vedanta the purports that prabhupad writes is kind of self self describing about the mercy of bhakti vedantas and how merciful shri prabhupad is to all of us so this bhakti uh, i want to complete this this yoga ladder and then leave time for questions so we've seen this step by step by step process where from karma you go to jnana from jnana you go to dhyana and finally if at all you are fortunate to come in contact with a devotee you get devotional service but through bhakti everything else is automatically achieved krishna says in the bhagavad gita that aham sarvasya prabhava mattas sarvam pravartate iti matva bhajante vam budha bhava samanvitah he says everything emanates from me and people who know who know this worship me with love and devotion and what do such people do machitta madgata prana bodayanta parasparam kathayantasya mam nityam tushyanti cha ramanti cha these people are always discussing about my glories and activities and are ramanti cha they are very very happy doing these activities so that is devotion right we are always thinking about krishna we are always talking about krishna his activities his pastimes and when they do this krishna says tesham satata yuktanam bhajatam priti purvakam dadami buddhi yogam tam dhyanam upayant so he says that uh, for, for devotees who are always talking about my activities i provide them the knowledge about me तेषाम एवानुकंपार्थम अहम अज्ञानजमतमः नाशायाम यात्मभावस्तो ज्ञानदीपेन बाश्वता सो ही सेज दैट फ्रॉम विद इन द हार्ट आई ब्रेक द नॉट ऑफ इग्नोरेंस विद द लैंप ऑफ नॉलेज कृष्णा इज प्रॉमिसिंग अस दैट सो दिस इज लाइक कर्मा इज लाइक वर्किंग विद कॉलीग्स ओके यू गेट टू नो लिटिल बिट अबाउट दैट पर्सन बट नॉट सो मच इट्स इट्स अ वेरी ऑफिशियल वर्क लाइक रिलेशनशिप यू डू दिस फॉर मी आई डू दिस फॉर यू दैट इज एसेंशियली व्हाट आर रिलेशनशिप विद कृष्णा इज आल्सो इन कर्म योगा कृष्णा आई एम डूइंग दिस फॉर यू यू गिव मी दिस राइट एंड देन इन ज्ञान योगा बेसिकली इज लाइक यू वांट टू नो अबाउट दिस पर्सन बट इट्स नॉट अ वेरी पर्सनल वे यू आर यू आर ट्राइंग टू डू इट इन अ वेरी very impersonal way you're trying to google stuff about some person you can get to know everything that you want to know about that person but uh but it's it's a very invasive way of knowing about a person jnana yoga uh, you might know about what he's doing what that person likes and think uh, you might know many things about that person but it is very very invasive but bhakti yoga is like having a friend if you want to know about that person if you be a friend he'll probably tell everything that you want to know about him without you even asking about uh asking about it to that person 
that is bhakti yoga and krishna is saying uh, i will i am going to tell everything about me uh, to that person because you have a relationship that is the biggest thing that is lacking in dhyana yoga or jnana yoga is that there is no relationship uh, with the supreme person uh, you are detaching yourself completely from this material world yes you have identified this problem that this ma- this material world is a horrible place and then any 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 how you engage with this material world is going to create problems to you but only detaching yourself from the material world is not sustainable it is just not going to work that's what krishna says you just cannot be inactive in this in this material world and so what happens to this gyani or this dhyani is that they they lose all the juice it's like you keep a lemon outside for a really long time it becomes really hard all the juice inside the lemon is gone so they become really harsh and they, because they perform these austerities any any small thing ticks them off the example that's given is that of uh, vishwamitra where he was performing this tapasya and one small tinkle bell uh, of this uh, gandharva basically agitates him and then he gets married and all all that all that other things happen because <clears throat> it just is not sustainable so bhakti is the most sublime process because we are not we are, we are doing the activities that we are doing in this world but the attitude in which we are doing the activity is completely different we are not doing it for ourselves we are doing it for the pleasure of krishna um in narada pancharatra it says uh, sarvopadi vinirmuktam tatparatvena nirmalam rishikena rishikesha sevanam bhakti ruchyate so bhakti is sarvopadi vinirmuktam so we have all these labels uh, i am an indian i am an american i have a masters i am a man i am a woman i i have done this i have done that all of us carry these labels and and in the world that we la- live in we are trying to collect as much labels as possible for ourselves so the first process is sarvopadi vinirmuktam tatparatvena nirmalam by by removing our upadis we trying to clear our consciousness tatparatvena nirvalam by how are we doing that rishikena rishikesha sevanam bhakti ruchyate by engaging our senses in the master of the senses uh, that is bhakti ruchyate and that is a very practical way in which uh we can purify our consciousness and in that we gradually get to the point of pure devotional service uh which is where we are not doing any activity for our reason uh, for our uh, um, uh, pleasure but we are doing everything for the pleasure of krishna and that is what is the final step in sikshashtakam the last verse that chaitanya mahaprabhu is talking about is aslishya vapadaratam pinashtumam adarshanan marmahatam karotu va yata tata va vidadatu lampato mat prananatastu sevanaparah that is the mood the highest form of bhakti is where krishna the mahaprabhu is saying it doesn't matter it is the mood of the gopis right he says it doesn't matter whether you embrace me or you trampling me you're crushing me yata tata va vidadatu lampato krishna you can do whatever you want to do with me mat prananatastu sayevanaparaha you will always be the lord of my heart krishna so that is the mood of pure devotees of the lord that is our goal but it is not going to happen over day but doing bhakti in a very systematic and gradual way which is broadly elaborated in nectar of devotion by shila rupa goswami which is a very systematic process it is science prabhupada always said that it's science right so 
by doing this gradually initially we regulating doing the following the principles doing our chanting slowly from vaidhi bhakti it becomes spontaneous because uh, it is already there this krishna prema or love or bhakti for krishna is already there within us um nitya siddha krishna prema sadhya kabunai shravanadi shuddhe chitta karaya udai right this nitya prema for krishna is always there but it's just covered our consciousness is covered and once this our consciousness is purified this karaya udaya this love for krishna is uh, it comes out it's already there we don't have to try to bring it from anywhere so this gradual process of bhakti that prabhupada has given us uh, once we stick to the process the process works perfectly and eventually we'll come to this platform of spontaneous devotional service to krishna where nobody has to tell us uh, that for nobody has to tell us to include krishna it is just like how when we love a person nobody has to tell us to do activities for that person nobody has to tell oh serve this person that is karma yoga right we, nobody has to tell us to do it and nobody has to tell us to meditate on that person when when we are deeply in love with that person we can't help but think about that person so we this jnana and karma and dhyana comes spontaneously and naturally to a person uh, who is involved in bhakti so so bhakti is like an elevator prabhupada used to say you can go through these steps but there is no guarantee that you're going to come to the platform of bhakti and these steps that we are going to go through the yoga ladder is our own personal endeavor it is an individual endeavor but this process of bhakti is not individual because it has a relationship uh, there is a person on the other end uh, who is also trying to uh, actively participate in the relationship so when we are doing something krishna is reciprocating and we have these guru paramparas our spiritual masters who are helping us in this process uh they are all rooting for us so that at one point like prabhupad says that we all can go back home back to godhead so i'll stop here and ask if there are any questions or comments or else thank you so much do you have any anything to say prabhu mata ji you had any questions yes yes Yes. I'm not on the Vyasa sense or respect to Vyasa sense. But I think you misunderstood me. When I mentioned Sri Kulaveshwar Sridhar yes being a perfect example of yes. bhakti yoga. Yes. You kind of it seemed like you dismissed my no, no, comment. No, 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 no. Wait. Let me finish please. Sure. I'm sorry. I'm an old lady. Sure, sure. Got to finish my train of thought. Please go ahead. So the point being is that he is a cent percent unalloyed devotee of shri chaitanya mahaprabhu non different from shri bhagavan okay and yes. the point is is that you dismissed my comment if you'll listen to the recording that it was you said something in relation to fruit of mentality and i beg your pardon sir i did not intend that yes. that was not my comment please yes, yes. okay i just want okay. i want you to clarify yes i'm going to clarify so <clears throat> that was not my intention also to to dismiss dismiss you or to say that kolavech shridhar was a fruitive uh, person no that was not my intention also i i completely agree with your point that 
he was a pure devotee and he had no intentions of doing things for himself but my train of thought at that point was to go through the yoga ladder and uh, what i was telling you was uh, how nishkama karma was impractical so that was my question at that point uh, why if you perform your duty for the sake of performing your duty without jnana without knowledge it could just result in uh, in what we have, what we had discussed it could either result in uh, uh ritualistic activity or or in the extreme it could become really dangerous so so that was my point can you repeat your question so yes yes that the point was i was going through the yoga ladder and i was talking about nishkama karma right we are doing this activities but we are doing these activities for the sake of duty but not for the sake of uh for our own uh, material desire so Yes. Of dedicating what is it? What yeah, I was saying what is the problem of doing your duty without knowing why we why you're doing it? Nishkama karma, right? Oh. That that was my question. So, so you I totally Yeah, so that's why I went on to explain why it could become ritualistic or it could become uh, uh, dangerous at, at some point. So I apologize. I misunderstood. I apologize for your not question. being very clear to you and it was not my intention to I am to, so sorry. I totally misunderstood yes. your question. Yes. I, you. And it was not my intention to dis, uh, dismiss you. Uh, I'm sorry if you felt it that way. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm so puffed up. No, 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 no. And rascal no, nonsense. It, that's what I am. Sorry. No, no, no. Please it's it, my I I didn't explain it clearly. Apology. That's why. Yeah. Okay. okay. Thank you so much, Mataji. Okay. Hare Krishna. Yes, yes, bro. Do devotional service. Can, can you say that again? How was say that devotee able to do uh, become such a great example of bhakti when he when he didn't have any money? He wasn't able to donate anything or build a temple or do print books or anything had no money for it. yeah i mean bhakti is not dependent on anything in material right so money or status or uh, your birth doesn't decide how how you can perform bhakti so it is our attitude prabhupad says i think in the preface to the nectar of instruction that the attitude of a devotee is the most important thing i'm just paraphrasing what prabhupad is saying so it is the attitude in which we are doing things that that matters and we we have this story in um, chaitanya leela where when mahaprabhu was going to vrindavan uh, there is there is the devotee who couldn't follow him but he was thinking in his mind of how he could serve uh, mahaprabhu and he was thinking oh all this path in which mahaprabhu would go would be bedecked with diamonds and how he would serve mahaprabhu he was all thinking in his mind and mahaprabhu accepted it right uh, so even if we are not able to we're not in a position where we can afford to give money or do physical activity it is the mood in which we're doing the activity that that matters for bhakti Oh, can you say that? Do you want to say it? When Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu exhibited his Mahaprakash Leela in the house of Adwaita Acharya, he called Kalavesha Sridhar, "Come, Kalavesha," and he said, "Let me offer you anything your heart desires, Lord." I'm, I'm paraphrasing. 
please be be that person who's arguing with me. Mm-hmm. Please, on the on the price of my banana leaves, please come yeah. and just take the banana leaves from me yeah. forever. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's the attitude, right? Even though he had nothing, he was still willing to give whatever he had uh, to Mahaprabhu. So, so that's what I think. That bhakti doesn't depend on external factors. It is more internal on how uh, our consciousness is. Does that answer your question? Okay. Do you have anything else to say? Okay. Hare Krishna. Grantra. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Mataji. Do you want to get the mic? So, hi, Krishna. Thank you for your wonderful class. Thank you so much. Thank I was you. in the Pujari room and we were blissed out. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you. So, but I have a question I wonder if you'd comment on. This is, yes. uh, I think this is 5-5. Five, five. Let me just confirm. Uh, no, it's Five, five, Bhagavad Gita, and you know you're so learned for your your Gurudev, Guru Prasad Swami, who's such a scholar. He's blessing you. But in that verse, you know, it says, "One who knows that the position reached by the means of analytical study can also be attained by devotional service, yes. and who therefore sees analytical study, which is Gyan." And devotional service to be on the same level sees things as they are. Yeah. So here I don't think analytical study means jnana. I think Krishna here is talking about analytical study in terms of sankhya, in terms of sankhya, right? So Kapila Dev in Srimad Bhagavatam is essentially the incarnation of Krishna who is talking about sankhya. So sankhya is basically we know the world for how it is, so that we can know how to go through this world, right? But the end goal of knowing that is to perform devotional service. So the end goal of Sankhya is also the same and Bhakti is also the same. So that's, I think, what uh, Krishna is saying here. It's not Jnana because Jnana is knowledge, knowledge, but that knowledge is, in terms of how Jnana Yoga is described, it is uh, empirical and uh, speculative knowledge. Right? The example that I gave was Googling about some person. So if I wanted to know about you, I could Google stuff. I'm sure I could find things about you. But it, it is not, it's very invasive to your privacy, you see. I can still know about you without, and Krishna throws these scraps also to the jnanis. Oh, you want to know about me? Okay, I'll give you these, these things about you. Right? Ye yatamam prapadyante tam sataiva bajamiham. Krishna says, whoever, however a person surrenders to me, I reciprocate in the same way. So, so in, in, here I think Krishna is talking about Sankhya, yeah. And everyone follows Krishna. Every path is everyone follows Krishna's path, but not every path is the same. Yeah. That that's the point that people always misconstrue. So, but here I think he's talking about Sankhya. Okay. Thank you, Mataji. Hare Krishna. Krantra Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Shila Prabhupada ki jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrind ki jai, Vancha Kalpatrubhyasya Kripa Sindhubhya Vacha Patita Nam Pavanibhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Namaha.